To American History X, episode 11, The Spanish Flu, The Monster Inside of Us. When I first started podcasting, they say you're able to podcast or you know you can keep people entertained if you can come up with at least 25 to 30 episodes. I think I came up with 40. I jotted them down on a piece of paper and I said, yeah, okay, I, I guess I can do this. But with that being said, the last three episodes were not included on that scrap sheet of paper that I jotted those episodes down. I'm in a group uh, on Facebook. I also have my own group on Facebook, American History X. You can go stop by and check it out or give it a like. But in these groups, you're able to listen to up and coming podcastings, podcasters. And it's pretty much like a listen for a listen. And I was actually about to do this episode yesterday when a a lady from the group sent me a message saying, I listened to your first three episodes and I'm shocked. First, she listened to the hip episode of the chronic 1937. And she was like, she couldn't believe that. So her name is Paula Adams and she has her own podcast, her own podcast too. And it's called, what is it? Blue skies, green pastures with Paula Adams and she does a phenomenal job you know just give a heads up it's spiritual so if you don't like spirits or you just like the spirits at the liquor stores and not to fill your spirit you might not want to go there or if you're on the on the teeter-totter you're tipping one way you might need to go there and, and find yourself and she does a phenomenal job and after actually she actually mentioned me on her episode and, and i was shocked lost for words you know so if you ever get a chance and you want to listen to her podcast is blue skies green pastors but another guy i came across while we were sharing episodes in this podcasting group and his name was tito talks tech he, have, he has a very deep, you know, Spanish accent. He still speaks English, but, you know, it's just deep, still Spanish. And he kept mentioning on like three of his episodes, and they're called uh, COVID-19. I'm just going ahead and say it. And he kept mentioning like Spanish flu. It's the same thing, like the Spanish flu. And I'm like, what does he mean by that? You know, because I've heard of the Spanish flu. Sure, like everyone else heard of the Spanish flu, but... I didn't I didn't never dig into it, but until he mentioned that, I'm like, so what is what does he mean? You know, is he comparing that saying the same thing to the current pandemic that we're under? So I kept looking and I and I went and I did my research because you know I found the story, but I couldn't find X factors. Because you know, X factors, that's why I have the X on the end of his stories, because the X is known as the unknown variable or that that information that you haven't heard about the Spanish flu. 
or about anything in general. And I found it, but it wasn't until I came across another guy and his name was Danny Boy Lamerick. Does an absolutely phenomenal job breaking it down, doing that X history research. And he came up with, man, I was mind blown. I mean, I literally could have did a whole episode just based off of his works. I actually tried to reach out to him, but he's in Ireland. So, you know, I guess, the, you know, time, you know, time restraints. And he said he was, you know, personal stuff. But he's like, hey, if it's good, I'll push it, push it out. So I got a little bit of pressure on me, but it's all good. But I, but because I, doing research about the Spanish flu is easy now because a lot of videos are out there about the Spanish flu because made in the last two years. And I did not want anything made within the last two years, you know, because that would be like a, um, a reactive. It was a saying in the military, don't be reactive you need to be proactive so if i found you find information based within the last three years is going to link it to the current pandemic i didn't want that i wanted something from scratch you know so i wanted something proactive before the pandemic and i actually found something in like 1908 so i said okay and it was an x factor and i'm going to give you that x factor about the spanish flu but it's one thing like a lot of people come to me and they say like, man, you should do a YouTube. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do a YouTube. Like you could be famous. And I'm like, I don't want fame. You know, to me, I think fame is like a dirty girl or a dirty monster. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like dirty things, you know, but with that being said, I do want my stories to be heard or, or famous, but I don't want to be famous. So I won't like personally show my face and attach it to this. But I mean, if you know me, you know me. And I don't want a Patreon. I don't want, you know, I'm not in this for money. You know, I just want your ear. I don't want your money. So while you're listening to my episodes, and if it's something that you've learned and you felt that, you know, someone else should know, you know, I think one of my biggest models in life is each one, teach one. So whatever platform that you're listening to this on, either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, as of last week, we're also now on iHeartRadio. Please leave a rating. That's all I ask for you. So after this message from our sponsor, we'll be back with episode 11, The Spanish Flu, Monster Inside. Welcome back to American History X, episode 11, the Spanish flu, or what I like to call the monster inside. And I say monster because I believe a monster was created. But that's that leads into the X part of the story. But before we get to the unknown part, I want to tell you the parts that we do know. So you can paint that, so you can get that visual picture and you can understand the magnitude of this disease 
This was a disease that killed over 50 to 100 million people worldwide. It was said that just in the United States alone, in all the wars that we've been in, we lost more soldiers to this disease than all wars combined. On March 1918, Fort Raleigh, Kansas. Soldiers began to go to sick call and they were experiencing like weird side effects such as diarrhea, nauseous, headaches, vomiting, stiff necks, and even blacking out. And Fort Raleigh at the time was one of the biggest hubs in transferring soldiers or shipping soldiers to war. It was said on the estimate that at least 6 million soldiers went transferred from that installation. And that's were known as the first true cases of the Spanish flu. But they did not like keep these soldiers at home. They can still ship them to war. And by the time, because soldiers, because I was a soldier, our living conditions, we like live on top of each other, you know, because they pack all of us in a room. And so if one gets sick, pretty much likely not, if not all, most of the soldiers will get sick as well. So by the time they actually got to war, we had already begun to die from this disease, but we didn't give it a name yet. It was not called the Spanish flu at the time. It was estimated that a hundred over a hundred soldiers were dying every days. No, a hundred soldiers were dying every day. In just three days, you can go from being healthy to being black or blue, dead. Doctors couldn't even identify the black Americans from the white Americans. Because once they got this deadly disease, it made them drown on their own bodily fluids. But on October 26, Spain first reported the virus. It's important that I mention Spain or Spanish Spain because they were a neutral ground. They didn't have no soldiers in any any fight. So once their king got it, that's when their media made it public. Our media and our allies media because once we hit the battlegrounds and living in those austere conditions, living in you know trenches and tents on the battle, you know, we had tents on a, like a fob installation that was made secure for us. They were out there on the grounds sleeping where they were fighting at. They were sleeping amongst dead corpse. They were sleeping amongst their own, you know, body fluid dis disposals. Most people would say that is a virus playground. And that's where that. As the story goes, virus mutated. And once and because the war ended so fast, once the soldiers got home, they began to spread that virus to the civilians. Here's a um, 
survivor testimony. Her name was Eleanor Ellis Ellison. And she stated when she got the Spanish flu, she thought she was going to die. She was just a little girl. She said she's been sick since the Spanish flu. She's had a flu since then, but nothing can compare to that the way she felt then. She said her fever engulfed her whole body. She said that her mom had to change her her nightgown several times because of she was sweating so bad it was drenched. She had to keep changing it. It was another survivor named Beatrice Watts. She was not the actual survivor, but her mother was. And they were on um, a little small community in Okak Labrador, Canada. Town that only had roughly 300 people, 200 and something people died from the Spanish flu. I, I don't think we can imagine that. I don't think it's mentioned enough what these people actually went to, through. Maybe there's a reason. That's that's for later. Beatrice, Beatrice Watts, Watts' mother stated, she stated her mother was like nine at the time. Her mother came downstairs and she noticed that her mom was sleeping. Or not sleeping, but not moving. And she still had her little brother or sister, I can't remember, she was holding him. So she tried to wake her mom up, but she didn't. Little did she know her mom was dead. So she grabbed the baby, went and she was looking for her stepdad. And she noticed her stepdad was also not moving. But luckily, she was thinking in her mind, luckily that my grandma lives down the street. So as she went out the front door, went down to her grandma's house. But by the time she made it to her grandmother's house, they were already bringing her grandma's dead body outside. And her auntie. This was in Okak, Canada, Okak Bay. It was said that that town, even to this day, is still abandoned. At the end, when they went through looking for survivors with their sled dogs, because they, I guess they were there for a while, the sled dogs be, became so hungry because they didn't have food, they began to jump through windows and eat dead corpse. And eventually they tried to turn on the living, so they had to put those dogs to rest that's that's just a picture that's that gives you that visual of the magnitude of this but we're not here to tell the story as it goes we're here to tell the x factors in the beginning the the um, audio that you heard was from a movie called young frankenstein and i used that because I tried to like deliver subliminal messages in my show, you know, little clues, kind of like a Quentin Tarantino. And it was also followed by a song called Igor. And I used that because I believe just like the young Frankenstein created Frankenstein, that this disease, the Spanish flu, was also created and it became a monster of its own january 1918 fort raleigh kansas 
same place. Just two months prior to the first cases being actually reported, not reported, but not reported. There was a doctor named Frederick Gates. No relation to the other Gates guy. We're not going to say that guy's name. Not yet. But I got one for him coming too. So you just wait. Uh, they were working. He was working for Rockefeller Institution. And Rockefeller Institution was working on a meningitis concoction serum. A.K.A. vaccine. And what else is a better time to issue it when you got six million soldiers coming in and out of Fort Raleigh. Hey, this is the perfect time to, we have lab rats. And these vaccines derived from horses. They, some say there were three different vaccines in particular that they were giving them. Some say it was like 14 to 25. This is where the guy, Danny Boyle, is it Limerick or Lambrick? He put me on to this part. And I, I, I was mind blown. I'm like, this can't be true you know but it is but not only that he actually did a um report and on i'm gonna read it was called anti-meningitis vaccine this is by so if you can get vac check that didn't happen no this here's this report this is where it did happen so you know fact check that or fact check these <laughs> page 464 Case one, second lieutenant, 314th engineer, January 21st, 1918, first injection, 2,000 million. Next day, neck was rather stiff, slight headache. Well, for the next two days, but not working very hard, and he was on double duty. January 25th, 1918. Fainted at officer call. And it goes on and on. It goes on and on. He, he Phenomenal job. I mean, I, I don't want to say phenomenal job doing a report on all these experimental vaccines that they issued out. But they didn't only issue them to American soldiers. They issued them to all the allies, even including Spain. Everyone got this concoction. And not only that, because the war ended so soon, you know, big farmer don't want to waste vaccines. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? We got some for all the civilians. So they ran a fear campaign stating that oh, all these soldiers are coming home with all these viruses and bacteria. We want to make sure that you're okay. So, you know, do something for your country and protect yourself and get this vaccine. Man, is that is that like, I don't know, you know, and, and deja vu is a what is it is a is a, a something in a matrix, something like that. What is it? A defect in the matrix. But that, you know, that this is this is what all I got from Danny Boy. And it's more I found like articles in 2008 you know and every article that i'm mentioning even in even including the the report from dr gates i will leave in the description of the website so all on a description of this episode so all you have to do is just click on it and you can see what i see and you you make 
what you make out of it what for yourself your own discretion and not you know don't take my word for it but that's that still wasn't you know that was good that was good information but I, I like I gotta find something else and then that's when I came across Eleanor McBean author some say doctor hard to find information on this lady it, it, it is it is hard to find she was born in 1908 Died 1989, maybe California. Can't find that. But you can find her books. You can find her books. Can't really even find a picture of her. Hmm. I don't know. Most of the information I'm I found on, you couldn't find it on the good old, you know, Google Google. So I had to go to DuckDuckGo and find a lot of this information. This is crazy. So Eleanor Rebane, she's born in 1908. So that gives her she was roughly 10 years old when the Spanish flu hit, and she remembers it. She wrote about it. She wrote, I'm going to give off three books that she wrote. She wrote one called The Poison Needle, and she wrote Vaccinations Condemned and Swine Flu Exposed. I will be reading off of Vaccination Condemned. But she stayed, she was, she was around in that time, and her, none of her family died because they didn't get the vaccine. She stated only the vaccine, only the vaccinated died. These are her words. Um, I I can't question her words. You know what I'm saying? That's 1908. She was there. She was 1918. So she's a, she was a, a witness. And she, I guess I'm going to call her. She's the godmother of, of anti-vaccines. She stated this is a reading from uh, her book, Vaccinations Condemned. When several shots are given, shots as different vaccines, within a few days or a few weeks apart, they often trigger intensified cases of all the diseases at once. And they were get, they didn't give these soldiers t bodies time to recuperate from one shot because they gave them another shot and then another shot and she said eventually these vaccines cause a disease that they couldn't cure so what did they do they shipped them to war and then they still continued to give the vaccine to other soldiers a little bit more reading from her book she says she talked to the u.s secretary of war henry l stimson and she said the report not only verified the report often showed that seven soldiers who dropped dead from vaccines but it's stated that there had been 63 deaths and 200 and two wait, 28,585 cases of Hepatitis as a direct result of the yellow fever vaccine during only six months of war. There was only one of the that said that was only one of the 14 to 25 shots given to soldiers. And it's, it's sad. I don't even know what I put in me because I was a soldier. I've took anthrax shots. You name it. But the thing is, the important thing to mention about the shots. I took shots in the morning. Then I went out and took shots of tequila at night. I was still, you know, it didn't put me down for days, maybe weeks. 
I didn't get, you know, but I don't know. Maybe I'm some kind of mutant. Let's not, let's not go there. But it's, she, her, her theory is this, not this theory. When you put it in your blood, you're, you're putting it, a, a disease in you. And she believes that vaccines will cure like a smallpox, a short term, you know, something that would kill you short term, but it would give you a side effect of something that you would deal with for the rest of your life, like diabetes, you know, all those cancer. All those other conditions she believes and in all her books. And, and keep in mind, her last book was written either in 76 and she written one in 55. So this is not this is proactive. This has nothing to do. It is not influenced by today's situation. But let's not be stupid, though. You know what I'm saying? Imagine it. I think it's a, a commercial for Zoloft. Or, I don't know, I'm not a pill power. I don't know pills, but imagine any, you know that little fast reading at the end of every medicine uh, commercial you get? You have side effects, and if you listen to them, say you got a side effect for depression, but one, your one side effect for depression for the medicine you take it will give you depression, weight loss, sleepiness, uh, insomnia, vomiting. Like, what? So, with her notes, like she said, when you take something in your mouth, your body gets time to have your natural defenses going to work and you can like get rid of it. I've known several medicines that my body or pills that my body did not agree with. And I was able to, you know, get rid of those toxins. But a vaccine, you can't. But, you know, when you mention it, it's weird because how can every other medicine that's ever been created in the world have a side effect? But not a vaccine. I think they, I mean, not that I think they do. I know they have side effects. I do. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Like I said, I've, I've took shots. Shot, 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 shot. I've took them. 2008, National Institution of Health did a paper. And on that paper, it stated that 92.7% out of the 9,000 autopsies that was performed on people that died with the Spanish flu, said it wasn't a flu. 92 now, now almost 93% of them died by bacteria, not a flu. In one of her books, Eleanor McBean, she says, you know, you know when the flu season comes around. It comes around when they start giving the flu vaccine. I, I'm not, not, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not. But you know what? I have to state what's true. It, it, you know, life is always two sides of every story. I, in my life, I've been to, not with this, you know, in my previous marriage, I went to marriage counseling. And, and I had to ask my counselor, like, how do you detect the truth when you talk to two individuals? How? Because you don't want to be biased. You don't want to be on the, the woman's side. You don't want to be on the man's side. He says, you know what? The truth is always in the middle. I'm just trying to find the middle. And and, and if it's true that that history does repeat itself, 
I don't I don't want to think that it, it repeats itself. And, and once again, these are not conspiracy theories. These are unpopular truths that Frederick Gates did give a concoction <laughs> of serums from the Rockefeller Institution. I can say that name five times. Maybe, you know, <laughs> like Candyman, you say Rockefeller, you better be careful. And, and I'm definitely not a QAnon. I don't even know what a QAnon is. What do they say? I, I don't know. Somebody hit me up. Let me know what a QAnon is. I'm not that, though. I am what I am. I am a God-fearing man. And I feel like that's important to say because I feel like the people that we're up against are not God-fearing. You could say plan for the other team. You know, you could you in life you could run red lights, but you have to read the street signs. And until the next time, that's America Histories X. Got my eyes open. This is America.